looking for the king of podcasts, you're at the wrong channel. Looking for good ideas for life, you are far from good hands. If you think the listener is always right, you are far from the right place. Hosted by a Northeasterner by birth, a rebel by choice. If you want a host that floats between love and madness, then play on and listen to Crazy Train Radio. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Mmm, I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. Mm -mm Mmm-mm-mm. Don't mess with me, I'm one crazy mofo. Not all football helmets are created equal. Zenith, the industry leader in protective technology, is the only helmet in the game with adaptive head protection featuring a shock suspension system that can move independently from the helmet shell. Headquartered and developed in Detroit, Zenith is committed to player safety and revolutionary innovation. Zenith is proud to protect athletes at every level from Wee to the pros. Learn more about the Zenith difference at zenith.com. That's X-E-N-I-T-H.com. Are you annoyingly even keel? E-methamine could be right for you. I have a disease, all right? I need help. E-methamine lets you get gagged up on whoop chicken parts without yellowing one's teeth. Oh, yeah. Contact your doctor today if you experience the following. Oh, my God. Increases in blood flow, boost in testosterone, ending of erectile dysfunction. This medicine is made for extreme cases of being even keel or having extreme depression. Ah, oh, come on! Side effects include fits of rage, acne, bleeding in folks around you, whooping cough, hallucinations, comas, trouble swallowing, decrease in semen, increasing amounts of selling yourself, amnesia, night terrors, higher mortgage rates, and increased sensations in not having suicidal urges. Oh my. Hi, this is Buck Joe Wolf, and you're listening 
Crazy Train Radio. Hey folks, it's the Croc, Jonathan Steele, and boy do we have a good one here for you, If you're, especially if you're a fan of books related to the game of baseball. And the book we're going to be talking about today is a brand new one that came out right before the start of what was originally opening day, and that book is Swing Kings, the inside story of baseball's Home Run Revolution. The book is by Jared Diamond, who is a baseball insider for the Wall Street Journal. For those who are baseball book fans, this is probably one of the best baseball books currently out on the market. And maybe even one of the best books out in years, especially when we're talking about hitting. And this book, I would definitely say, kind of has a spiritual successor, if you look at the game that way, to another book that came out years ago, turned into a movie, Moneyball. So let's go ahead and bring him up on the phone. A long drive. This ball is out of here. Folks, as we were saying, we have a national writer for the Wall Street Journal in terms of baseball. His new book, as we said in the top of the intro here, is Swing Kings. The author is Jared Diamond. Jared, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Great. So first and foremost, I'm sure when we talk real life and big picture stuff besides baseball, I'm sure this wasn't the time period you were expecting to release a book, correct? <laughs> no, it was not. The book came out uh, about two weeks after the pandemic really took hold in the United States. It was supposed to coincide with opening day. And, of course, uh, opening day didn't happen for many months later than anticipated. But the book came out as scheduled. It was definitely a big concern I had, wondering what, things were going to be like. We were in a whole new world at that point. So I'm just glad that all these months later, uh, it has continued to find an audience, and especially now that baseball is finally back. Well, speaking of that, and it's always interesting, we think we're going to have one particular audience, but sometimes we find ourselves in a different direction. So the audience that you mentioned there it has found the book, Swing Kings, what has been the response been, at least that you have seen and heard and maybe reviews you've read through uh, Amazon and such? Look, I hope that I, I like to think it's been positive. I knew I knew when it came out that it was going to undoubtedly appeal to the sort of stat-leaning crowd, to people that are interested in, in analytics and data and technology. Uh, I, I knew those people would be drawn in by the subject. What my goal was, and what I really wanted to emphasize uh, about the book was that it wasn't a story just for those people. In fact, uh, it really was designed, the narrative was really written in a way that was designed to appeal to anybody because it's not a story about 
numbers. It's not a story about technology or data or statistics. Sure, there's some of that in the book, but what it's really a story about is a story of people, really interesting people uh, that I think anyone can learn from, even if they're not uh, necessarily into that side of the game. And uh, I like to think that that really came through. Well, that would lead me into your thought process and seeing what that was all about, because like I said there, it's part of the intro, that you are a writer for baseball for the Wall Street Journal. And it's a whole different ball game in terms of, pardon the pun there, from writing articles for a newspaper slash website compared to writing a book. So what was your thought process when you said, okay, I'm going to sit down and do this story as far as in book format? So what did that look like for you putting that process together? Yeah, I like I had no idea what I was doing when I started. I had never written a book before. So, of course, I had uh, natural concerns about whether or not I'd be able to do it. Would I have enough to say? Would I be able to report enough to actually write 90-plus thousand words? Uh, I had all those concerns going into it. And, and, of, and as you can imagine, staring at that billing page at the very beginning is extremely daunting when you know you're going to have to write so much. So what I tried to do was not think of it that way, not think of it as I was working on it as sort of a cohesive whole. Uh, instead, rather, I tried to break it up into chunks and not even chunks in any sort of order. What I found myself doing was just writing what I had, sitting down, here's 2,000 words, here's 3,000 words. Yeah, I don't know where this is going to fit into the book ultimately or how this is all going to tie together, but I know these are ideas I want to get across. And I'm able to write them now, and I did. It wasn't toward sort of later in the process that I really sat down and said, okay, how do how does all of these ideas, how do all of these individual anecdotes and stories combine together into that whole? Well, as far as that whole process and story is concerned, and I appreciated this at least being an old-school baseball fan as well, is for you at least when putting this together – how were you able to track certain things to go all the way back to 50 year, 40, 50 years ago, whatever it was, to Ted Williams' book when he had a lot of specifics down on paper, per se, in a book format? Yeah, I love the history component of it. I knew very early on that I wanted to have a, a good, meaty chapter in the book. Uh, that explored the history of the swing. That was something that I outlined in my initial proposal to be a part of the books so early on where I would get into some of this stuff. I had the, the incredible opportunity to go to upstate New York and spend a day with John Thorne, the Major League Baseball official historian whose house is essentially a library, uh, and he's the most knowledgeable person, uh, I think, on the planet when it comes to sort of the origins of baseball and the, the older times of the game. That was a real thrill to get to just be regaled with stories from him uh, for a few hours. Uh, and then from there, it just became a research project, you know, finding an old copy of The Science of Hitting, looking for as much as I could find about what Ted Williams actually said about the swing, finding old videos, finding old articles and magazine pieces. Um you know, it's that's different than the sort of work I usually do for the Wall Street Journal, which is much more 
based on talking to people and reporting that way. So it was kind of fun to, to look at some of these old documents and weave it into my reporting. Now, as far as, and it's touched on in the book, I thought so at least, and when I, from what I read, is teaching the art of hitting compared to the philosophy in the art of hitting. What was the biggest difference you saw between them? But also with that, there was different formulas, and it's actually a chart in the book as well where you show the different formulas, whether it's the Ted Williams style or, you know, and a couple other styles. How did you uh, try to go and put that all together? Yeah, it's funny. Hitting is a very strange, difficult-to-explain sort of concept. We know it's very challenging. We know Ted Williams called it the hardest thing to do in sports. And what I find so funny is that everyone really does uh, do it a little bit differently, but in also some ways do it the same. Uh, you know, Ted Williams wrote a book called The Science of Hitting. It's the book that I, I referenced throughout my book. Then years later, uh, Tony Gwynn, a great hitter, of course, in his own right, a Hall of Famer, wrote a book about hitting that he called The Art of Hitting, sort of a, a different approach than Ted Williams' Science of Hitting. So I think what I learned and what I tried to sort of explain in the book is uh, there are things about the swing and about hitting that are universal. There are certain things that are just objectively right, objectively correct, objectively ideal. But inside, in that, within that, there are things that sort of are an art form that do require style, that do require uh, a different approach than just teaching mechanics. You know, the people I write about in my book, a lot of them are teaching the swing. They're teaching the ideal way to swing the bat. But there really is more to hitting than just swinging the bat. There's so much of it is a mental component and uh, approach in all of this. Uh, and I think an ideal hitter, the best hitters are ones that are able to put those two things together. Well, you know, it's interesting. You bring up another legendary hitter in Tony Gwynn there. So that leads to this question. A, would you say Tony would be a disciple of Ted's philosophy and teaching? But also, did you find, and I believe it's mentioned in a book, but I know I heard it in other interviews as well with you, that where you have the, I don't know if it's transparency or just the dyna different dynamics that sometimes some of the best people who teach hitting may not have had experience like a Tony Gwynn or a Ted Williams, guys who were great hitters. Hmm. Right. Well, look, Tony Gwynn was clearly uh, one of the greatest ever. He certainly is nothing like Ted Williams, did not believe in the philosophies that Ted Williams Espoused. That doesn't. That's not a criticism of Tony Gwynn. Tony Gwynn was a a different kind of hitter. He didn't hit for a lot of power. He was much more putting the ball in play. Uh, not the kind of hitter that you think about sort of as a in this day here in 2020, where the game sort of revolves around hitting the ball out of the ballpark and, and striving for extra base hits. Um, but look, what Swing King was was really about is how some of this great innovation comes from outside the norm. The people I write about, the coaches I write about that have transformed the way we think about hitting, these are people that did not play the game themselves. There are people that by traditional standards have no qualifications to coach Major League Baseball hitters. Uh, and yet they've had remarkable success with some of the best hitters in the game like J.D. Martinez and Justin Turner and, and Josh Donaldson and Aaron Judge and others that it's 
it's truly made everybody in the industry rethink what uh, those qualifications really mean and whether they've been thinking about this entirely wrong. It's a complete paradigm shift that truly has, has completely changed the game uh, in a really profound way. Now, we might have different philosophies on this, and I know if you are a star player, it's different than being, like you said, guys who may or may not be qualified to teach professionals how to hit. But personally, I think I would want to at least try to talk to guys like a uh, Ted Williams or a back elk of a guy to try to learn how to get my best swing on. But it's, like you said, it's just amazing that this whole process is being rethought out. I was like, Ted Williams had a chance. He was a manager in Major League Baseball uh, for a while. And I talked to some people who played under him. And they discussed how really, as a as a coach, Ted Williams wasn't very good at it. Because Ted Williams, uh, yeah, he was the greatest hitter of all time. When, but when he tried to explain it, those explanations ended up sounding a lot like, well, just do this. Do what I do. And the hitters would say, yeah, I can't do what you do. At least not naturally. I need you to explain it. I think what we've learned is that playing and coaching are different skills. And just because you have one does not necessarily mean you'll have the other. Exactly. And we reference such a wide time span here in the interview, but you also talk about it in the book. What Personally, when doing your research and everything else, it goes into telling this story of Swing Kings. What do you think, if there's one thing that could be pointed out, what do you think is the biggest thing that has changed throughout the game and over the so many years that the game has been around? For most of the baseball history, people were taught to swing down. They were told to hit the top of the ball. They were told to hit the ball on the ground, to swing on a short straight line. That way of thinking is, is gone. Uh, we now know that what you really want to do is hit the ball in the air. You want to swing up. You want to hit the bottom of the ball, not the top. It's completely different than anything anybody who's played Little League in the last 100 years has ever heard. Anyone that's played baseball at any level until very recently was undoubtedly told to hit the ball on the ground or to swing down. And that has completely been upended in a very short time. And for a lot of people, it's still very hard to hear that because it's so radical for what they're used to. But the reality is that is where baseball is, is where it's going, and players that are are listening to this new way of thinking are having incredible success. Well, if folks want to pick up Swing Kings, I know a lot of people are stuck at home with this whole COVID thing and all. So make sure you can order on Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com. But if you're in an area that you're fortunate enough to go out and pick up a book, make sure you – take proper precautions, but I know I've seen it at Barnes & Noble and a few other outlets. Support this gentleman, Mr. Jared Diamond. Jared, thank you so much, and best of luck with the book. Thank you so much. Appreciate uh, you having me. Thinking your day is bad and really looking to make it worse? 
Why not try downloading this new classic set of music that will be dropping so far off the charts, there's bound to be injuries. <laughs> now that's what I call depressing. It's gonna make those who are even close to having the slightest glimmer of hope wanna jump off the highest of planks. For those that are getting now that's what I call depressing, you'll be getting that song that reminds you of that relationship with those cougars, Wrinkled Ladies. For those who weren't really into cougars, but those who had that special friend while Sincere Black 2B, we got for you this clusterfuck that will put you in therapy for years to come. With cheeks wide open. <laughs> Who the fuck writes this shit? Oh hell, we're still recording this commercial. Always with you, it cannot be done. Those that rather have it out than in. This loaded hit will be dropping soon. Farthing in the USA. For those who place their order by calling or ordering online, the next hundred folks will receive their choice of either a noose of good quality that won't snap, an installation of a new outlet next to your bathtub so you can now blow dry your hair in a full tub. Or the choice of the right gang to just beat the fuck out of you. Call us today at 1-800-FUCK-THIS. With over 30 years of experience and a superb reputation for being a detail-oriented company, Lacey Cleaning has some of the highest work standards in the cleaning business. That's the fact, Jack! Whether it's carpet cleaning, tile, grout cleaning, new construction cleanup, rental turnovers, vent and duct cleaning, odor elimination, office and or business cleaning, power washing, residential cleaning, you name it, they do it. Check them out to contact them today, LaceyCleaning at gmail.com or call them at 609-709-8536. That's what I'm talking about. Hi, this is Jim Lairitz, former New York Yankee, two-time World Series champion, and you're listening to the Crazy Train Radio. <laughs> <laughs> 